We interrupt your regularly scheduled moment of silence to bring you the news. Ottawa, Helsinki, Centauri Prime, Gamelon, Cygnus Alpha, Scaro, Druidia. News from around the cosmos, podcasting secretly from 20,000 leagues below Skynet headquarters. This is the Nautilus at Nine. Marcus Nemo. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Nautilus at Nine. I'm Marcus Nemo, bringing you tomorrow's news cycle recycled today. Whether you're listening to this in the stereo of your red 58 Plymouth Fury as it drives down the highway on fire, or perhaps you're listening on a large radio telescope in hopes to find a clue to where life originated or perhaps contact your dead father, now's a good time to fix yourself a stiff drink. Listen to the news from a multitude of different dimensions that are hopefully worse off than the one you're occupying right now. I'm currently enjoying one of my favorite on-air cocktails. They call it a 7 and 7 of 9, which is made by first slipping yourself into your very own clingy silver jumpsuit with corset and 4-inch heels, then replicating about a gallon of Seagram's 7 Crown Whiskey, injecting it with 9 ounces of nanoprobes, add ice, and then drink the cocktail through your tubule hand straws in an emotionless state for full assimilation effects. Mmm. Sobriety is futile. Well, if you happen to be lucky enough to still be in existence to listen to this, you'll know that our top story is a bit of a double whammy. It seems that fall has come early this summer as half the population of beings in the universe were recently transformed into little, delicate autumn leaves. Yes, the mad titan known as Thanos was, at the last minute of his life, able to snap his gauntlet-wearing fingers, disappearing half the rich, half the poor, and half of everybody else in between, leaving the rest of us to pull out our leaf blowers and rake up our family and friends as compost. And just when you thought it couldn't get any more depressing, there's been yet another catastrophic blunder from Stark Industries. And unfortunately, its founder, Tony Stark, also known as the Iron Man, was nowhere to be found for comment. Apparently, a scaled-back and slightly more conservative version of the Global Defense Program, also known as Iron Lady, was accidentally activated yesterday, and to no one's surprise, the AI robot immediately got a god complex and began to attack. But this time, the attack was on policy. In a cold and calculated approach, the Iron Lady promptly eradicated Stark's steelworkers' union. Then, the bionic baroness, with her Tory-like tactics, suddenly began to assault benefit recipients, gay people, and the working-class families employed by Stark Industries. Moments later, and with steely precision, the Iron Lady announced stricter immigration policies for illegal aliens earthbound or otherwise, but not before banning all milk privileges from children in the Stark Industries' daycare program. Well, I guess that means the mighty Thor better get his immigration papers sorted out and fast if the Avengers are ever going to assemble again, or he's going to be stuck between a Ragnarok and a hard place. <laughs> well, big news in the world of sports today is the very first all-women's Quidditch team known as the Broomhildas are sweeping away the competition. With six wins in six days with only six weeks to the finals, the Broomhildas are fast becoming the serious contenders for the Quidditch Cup. Coach Jeannie Weasley attributes her team's rapid ascent to the top of the pitch to a new metric approach to Quidditch statistics, and that her team was selected exclusively on their OBP, or on-broom percentage. Here's Coach Weasley. Look, numbers don't lie, and when you look at the OBP of players like Morgan Le Fay and Hackett combined with their bludger batting average, well, what can I say? 
We're playing a game of magic ball out here. Coach Weasley's term magic ball has swiftly entered the lexicon, meaning that players undervalued by the market, such as LaFay, Hecate, or even Sabrina the Teenage Witch, are being drafted using a rigorous statistical analysis rather than the more traditional speed or contact. Here's Coach Weasley again. Yeah, we've just drafted the three fates as our new chasers. That means the quarrel is getting hooped every time. We're destined to win. The data's solid. Of course, the player who's really defying gravity out there in the Quidditch pitch is Alphaba Throp as the team seeker, who's a real crowd favorite and really wicked. Coach Ginny Weasley, of course, is married to the famous Harold Potter, a loving, proud, and supportive husband who is also the Antichrist. Oh, and there's the sound of the Vox Graphonic Vortex, our portable radio porthole to the other side of the elsewhere. Let's tune that in and have a bit of a listen. Mayday. Mayday. <coughs> Mayday. This will be my final transmission. If anyone can hear this, it's most likely too late to help. It's been 19 days in these wild and barren lands, and there's still no sign of food. Everyone's fatigued, edgy, weak. Morale is low, and I fear total communication breakdown within the group is imminent. Hey, man. Yeah, you with the radio phone. Got any food? No, I'm sorry. I have no food. No one does. Yeah, I know, right? It's like total pandelirium out there. Uh, what? Yeah, like everyone is so hangry, and I'm all like, hey... Chillax, everyone. Don't be such a frenemy. A uh, frenemy? Yeah, like we should be creating opportunities with each other, not co-opetition. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I don't know what you're saying. I'm saying I can murder a croissantwich right now, bro. You get me? Not really, no. Croissantwich is not a word. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Okay, look, man. You know the word sandwich, right? Yes. And you know the word croissant? Croissant, yes, I understand, but croissantwich is not a word. Uh-huh. Speaking of hangry... I can assure you I am not hangry either, because hangry is also not a word. Oh, come on, man. Everybody's hangry out here. I'm hangry. You're hangry. Stop saying hangry! Hey, you guys got any food? No, sorry, but this guy over here is having a ginormous climax right now. No, I'm not! Because that's not a thing. That What you said doesn't exist. He sounds hangry. Hangry is not a word. God, I am sick of all this smash-up slanguage crap. Your bromance, your... Bootylicious and your brunch. Oh, come on, man. Everybody says brunch. Brunch? Who said brunch? Brunch is my favorite. I have a spork. Oh, God. Brunch is amazeballs. No, it isn't. Nothing is amazeballs. Oh, my God. What is that smell? Sorry. I got excited when I heard about the brunch and sort of sharded a bit. Oh, Jesus. I'll tell you what is amazeballs. A croissantwich. Oh, mm. a Baconator croissantwich. Yeah. Baconator? That doesn't... That, that means nothing. I'll tell you what it means. Redonkulicious. Shut up! Shut up, all of you! You people are morons. I can't die out here with morons. I gotta get out of here. Don't follow me. Let me die in peace. What a bunt. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody down. That guy's a hand grenade about to blow. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> um, what? Hand grenade? Yeah, like hangry and hand grenade. No. Uh-huh. I don't like it either. Sorry. I'm a little bit out of it. I haven't eaten. It's okay. Me neither. None of us have. Yeah. God, I hate the Hunger Games. 
Well, we're back, and it looks like the Outer Rim is making headline news again today as the moisture farmers in the remote planet of Tatooine have successfully lobbied to own the term water. This means that other planets in the galaxy, including the ocean planet of Kamino or the planet of Naboo, which has an entire Gungan population living under its seas, will have to change their terminology when referring to their own H2O. So far, terms like transparent milk or planet juice have been thrown around as substitutions, but the disturbances being felt around the galaxy and through the force over the concessions the Empire's made on behalf of the moisture farmers have really been giving the Jedi serious migraines. This outrageous decision has also been met with harsh criticism from the Galactic Board of Health because of the overwhelming evidence that moisture farmers have been hiding their water's nutritional value. Apparently, it's come out that water has no vitamins, calcium, iron, protein, fat, or carbs. Jeez, what's the point of drinking it then? It's like that messiah of Fury Road always says, do not become addicted to water. <laughs> Amen, Amorton Joe. Amen. And with that, I think it might be time to ride out of here shiny and chrome. Well, I'm Marcus Nemo for the Nautilus at 9, reminding you to recharge your capacitors, stimulate your solenoids, and tingle, dingle, dangle, prangle your transistors. Oh, yeah. And remember, for dark is the suede that mows like a harlequin. The Nautilus at Nine was created, written, and performed by David Radford and produced by Launchpad Theatre Company. Christina Patterson was the voice of Ginny Weasley. The Hangry Games was voiced by Morgan Cranny, David Radford, Christina Patterson, and Chris Cooley. Tech commander of Media Mechanics is Christina Patterson. <laughs> Great title. And she's also the voice you're hearing now. Hello, podcast land. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Nautilus at Nine on iTunes. And to find out more about all things Launchpad, go to launchpadtheater.com or like us on Facebook. Or why not become a Skynet pirate and follow The Nautilus at Nine on Twitter at Nautilus at Nine. And we'll make sure to send you an ahoy, matey. Thanks for listening. Oh, for God's sake. I'll get that. Hello? Peter, this is the worst time you could have called. Go away. Okay, bye. Sorry. <clears throat> For dark is the suede that mows like a harvest.